Hey, K-State fans, Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, letting you know that we've got a sale right now, 50% off an annual subscription to GoPowerCat.com. It ends on Thursday night, the 23rd of July at 11 p.m. Central. So take care of business as soon as you can. Hit the Join button. It's a little green Join button up there in the corner of the front page. GoPowerCat.com has been K-State owned and K-State operated since the beginning. And there's no reason we're ever going to change that. And pretty much we're the same team we always have been proven journalists covering Kansas State sports. We know K-State sports history and we know K-State sports fans. Come join the Go Power Cat family. We've proven we're here to stay and we always will be. 50% off. Get it done. Now here's the Power Cat Questions podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to gopowercat.com's powercat questions podcast presented by fridge wholesale liquor and it starts right now now let's go to the wtc gig powered studios here's your host gopowercat.com publisher tim fitzgerald Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast. Took a couple weeks off, threw a couple extra life of fences at you. I hope you enjoyed them. I enjoyed doing them. We hoped you could you know, rebuild your question asking cabinet. That's not right. Question asking vault. Bring out the good questions. I don't know if we did or not, but we're back. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ryan Gilbert. I had to look at Zoom to remember their names because I just woke up. I overslept, woke up, and the caffeine's still trying to get to my brain. Speaking of caffeine, I can buy 5-Hour Energy at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. If I'm ever in there and need a little hit, boom, that's right there. The Fridge, they have everything except for underwear because I ask. I did ask. Go to the fridge, ordered online this weekend for a little socially distant family gathering we had in my garden area. I ordered seltzers, Zach. Ooh. Seltzers. And then people hardly drank them. So I have a bunch of seltzers in my cooler. Should have just ordered beer. Ordered some beer, but too many seltzers. What kind of seltzer? Well, I just uh, stuck with Bud Light because Ew. I know maybe that's why nobody drank them. I had a lemon one and I thought I was literally drinking a cleaning product. It tasted like <laughs> pledge. It was horrible, but you I have tasted pledge. Uh, no, but you know, the, the smell of pledge because the smell is a big part of your taste science and uh, orange and lemon or excuse me, lime are the other ones in there. But I also got a uh, apple cider pineapple seltzer that was actually good. I can't remember the brand. It was actually good. You can find it at the fridge. Uh, segment sponsored by Tanners. They get all their alcohol from the fridge, so why don't you get into Tanners? They're doing the socially distant dining thing. Make sure you wear your mask to get into Tanners, and then they will seat you, and you can go about your virus-laden business with all of your friends. Right there at your table. I miss Tanners, but I, I miss you guys. Sometime I will see you guys in person and not via Zoom. 
Or maybe not. Maybe this will be the new me. Maybe I've proven I can do this remotely, and I will be doing this from Vegas very soon. Or a beach. <laughs> from my, wow, two K-State site publishers living in Vegas? One farmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt's doing okay. Um, yeah, I was a little jealous. Uh, he called the other day, and he was he was out shopping with his mask on, and I'm like... Dude, you're in Vegas. Go away. And then uh, the life of Fitz this week was with my buddy, my fraternity brother, Al Jones. And those two are going to hook up and, and have a drink sometime. But uh, Al described the suburbs of Vegas as Overland Park. And I'm like, well, this is not helping me because I think of Vegas. I think of one thing. I would hate to move to the desert and end up in Overland Park. No offense, Gills. No offense. Hey. But I'm more of a downtown kind of guy probably probably you'd want to live somewhere a little hipper than the overland park of the desert that was i love that life of fits because al's so interesting i mean everyone talks about charles melton being an international model former k-state player who i hope to get on the show eventually um haven't hit him up yet but uh al was charles before charles al was doing the international model thing out of new york and and became a model scout, actor scout, and now he's in the music business. So, pretty interesting guy. A lot more interesting than the host of the show. That's on this week's Life of Fits. Let's get going with the questions. Man, I wandered off into nowhere. I'm telling you guys, I can't do these unlimited caffeine. I need, like, uh, guide rails. Like, I just drove off a cliff there for a second. Gills, take like over. bumper bowling? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was in the gutter with my buddy Al. <laughs> Which is what happens when you go to Vegas. Gills, ask questions from Wabash Station. First question of the podcast from Wizard6294. What would spring college football look like compared to fall college football? And how would doing spring college football affect next year? What would it look like? It would have lovely flowers. It would be, <laughs> the birds would be singing. It'd be so weird to have the season reversed and the cold games at first. You know? I don't know what schedule they're looking at doing if they have to do it, which I think will be, end up being it. But, man, I don't know. When they start in March, I'm, I'm just not sure how it's going to look at all. See, I think, I think the, the best-case scenario would be you start in March, but you still have to pe- play a limited season. I mean, you still have to play nine, ten games, maybe just conference games, and then hope that – 2021 come the fall everything's sorted out but you'll still probably have to delay that season you'll probably have to start it maybe early october i mean i think we can talk about playing it in the spring as if you know everything can be normal but there's no way you can play two seasons in 12 months it is impossible it is not healthy it's not safe um you know football is a dangerous sport as it is and trying to trying to push push essentially half of a college career into one calendar year is going to be disastrous. I, I agree. It's less than ideal. I don't know what else they're, they're going to do. I, I think that's why they're so eager to start the season. Let's get yeah. some games in, and then we'll take it over to the next semester if we have to. I'm kind of guys. I'm kind of doing a 180 on this. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it. They're gonna go for it. I think the ADs and presidents understand the financial ramifications of this. 
and the schools that can are going to go for it. I agree. I mean, I think you see, I mean, Major League Baseball is back this week. NBA is going to be back next week. I'm not really sure what the NHL is doing. I haven't heard much news, even though they were one of the first leagues to say, hey, we're going to do, you know, here's our plan. Uh, MLS has had their tournament since beginning of the month. Sports are, are coming back. And and I think the college sports, they're going to want to be a part of that. And if even though these leagues, they're professional leagues, and there's less personnel that has to, you know, that they have to deal with. But college sports wants to be be back like the rest of them. And if there's a way that they can do it, and if the, the pro leagues can prove, hey, here's a way that we can get back to normal, um, especially with Major League Baseball. If you look at them, they're going to be traveling around city to city. Granted, it's less cities, but that's a decent amount of travel. And they're going to be regionalized, similar to conferences, if you can, you know, put players on a plane and get them down there, um, you know, it might have to be a lot of night games where you're traveling in the morning. If they want to avoid hotels and limit exposure and stuff, it might not be best for, you know, player health as far as, you know, setting a schedule and trying to get everybody in and have downtime before they play the game. But, you know, I think that that's, that's a possibility there. Um, if, if major league baseball can travel city to city without seeing a lot of, um, a lot of positive cases, I think that it might be worth a try for college sports to, to try it. Yeah. The, the thing is, is the, the financials of this, I folks, you just have to understand that college athletics for the most part will collapse if they don't get into football season this year, if they don't see the TV revenue from it, it's a simple truth. And I completely understand the argument. These are athletes and you're kind of using them as slave labor to make money. I get all that. I understand what you're saying. I see that some of the football players from Cal are trying to hold out for 50% revenue sharing. What? Uh, You know, this is the agreement. You get a college education. You get room and board. You get all of the things that go with being an athlete. A lot, you know stardom in many ways and you get a chance to advance to the next level if you're good enough for playing college football that's that's the deal and either you take it or you don't i mean that's just the simple truth of it if an athlete says look i don't feel safe in playing i hope the university would honor their scholarship not punish them and if they have a red shirt let them red shirt um but we'll see how this all plays out Unless this thing erupts, and and uh, other than some specific hot points, we're not really seeing a rise in, in death rates. Although it was disturbing, Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but the latest from the Raleigh County Health Department, there are now two under 20-year-olds in the ICU in Manhattan for COVID. I didn't see that. Yeah. So for all of you who think it doesn't affect your age group, you know, if you look at the sheer numbers, if you look at the percentages, I get what you're feeling. But if you look at the sheer numbers of the number of people that are being infected, it changes the math a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's that's disturbing. But I think uh, the cases are fairly low within the, the football program right now. The athletic department as a whole it seems to be down. You know, if that holds true across the nation, they're going to go for it. I think we're going to end up with 10 games um, with a possible of one being non-conference i think that's what the the leagues need to sit down and talk 
That's what needs to happen. The Power Five need to have one big Zoom call and say, this is what we're all doing. You got some conferences going ahead with non-conference schedules, which, Gills, how do you feel about that? I feel like playing North Dakota and Buffalo at this point, while ideal for a football program and a football team in a virus-free environment, playing those games just seems like not worth the risk at this point. Yeah, back to Zach's point. Um, you know, the MLB and the NBA, they're in a bubble. They're probably not going to get coronavirus, and that's their full-time job. That's all they're doing um, is being, you know, safe from the virus. But these college kids, um, once they go back on campus, if there's in-person classes, um, you know, if they go to Aggieville or go to some parties, they're going to get some positive tests coming their way. Um, the main reason, though, is just with, with online classes, if those aren't a thing and they're in person – then I think we could be in trouble for, you know, the season. I'm, I'm with you, Fitz. I think they're going to get at least a start in. You know, we're in late July. I think they would have already announced something if it were to be canceled altogether um, or at least suspended till the spring. But, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think a positive test or even five of them should shut down a whole program. But, um, obviously, that's not how it's been, especially at Kansas State with all those tests. But, Overall, I mean, I think it's it's good to compare, you know, the MLB to to college sports, but at the same time, it's a little different because the odds of them getting positive tests are way lower than college sports. And we should point out the MLS lost two teams, right? Two teams yeah. shut down operation because of too many positive tests. Mm-hmm. They did. So, and I agree with Gills. I think the shutdown earlier taught them a lesson. Um, I would hope so. But not only the athletic department, but I think the players. I think everyone learned a lesson about that, how to conduct business. You can't be reckless. It is highly infectious. And if this happens again, um, you could lose your season. But I think the athletic department now realizes athletic departments. I'm not just talking K-State. I think around the nation. If you um, get those players isolated, boom, it's taken care of. Back to the the non-conference thing, I think that K-State and Vanderbilt, that's probably the most likely matchup to be played. I think that a lot of these Power 5 conferences, they might say, hey, we're going to keep these games or we're going to reschedule games. I think that you might see some alliances here between conferences to try getting as many games as possible, especially if the Power 5 conferences, if they have the resources to you know buy as many tests as they need, versus you know what right group of five i mean that was a concern it's still a concern it's going to be a concern for non-conference games with with group of five schools can they afford the tests to play these games and that might not be the case i agree i i don't know how um all of these programs are going to afford the tests that you have to have you have to at least weekly i personally think it has to be twice a week you know soon after the game and leading up to the new game. I don't know how else you do it. I know it's incredibly expensive, and I know the turnaround has been concerning in terms of uh, the time frame. But um, it, it comes back to what I've always been saying. If if testing had advanced further, if testing was easier, more painless, uh, quicker turnaround, I mean, we're, I'm not talking a day turnaround. I'm talking 30 minutes to an hour turnaround. You know, like a pregnancy test thing. If, if that was all available now, I don't see any doubt we'd be doing this. Um, so I, 
And that's where my biggest disappointment is, is I thought uh, testing would be further along because that seems infinitely easier to come up with uh, than, you know, some kind of therapy or uh, the vaccine. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know how they won't start the season unless it just erupts or someone dies, you know, a coach or someone is in the ICU clinging to life. As the season gets near, I think they're waiting for August one. I think that's their deadline to say, go stop. That's just my feeling or whatever. I don't even know what day of the week that is, but I think they're waiting through this surge in cases to see underlying numbers and what is happening with the nation. And I think they will find that they're confident enough to go for it. I'll just say this. Me personally, I need sports. I need more sports. And we're going to get into other sports, baseball, the Royals, as we do a second questions podcast a little bit later in the week. Well, tomorrow we'll tack on another one just because we had some great questions. But I need college football. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get into the stadium personally, if I'll be able to sit in a press box, even with a mask, if, if I'll be that trusting and that comfortable with my health situation. But having it back, having it on TV, knowing that people can gather, knowing that society is moving on in some ways and learning to deal with it, even if it's not cured or we have a vaccine quite yet, just knowing that we're trying as a society. I think that's important to me and a really, really personal nature. I'm really tired of being pent up and knowing that the world is pent up. I want to know the world is going on. Maybe that's not possible. I think we're going to try college football. I think they will. I, I just think they've got to, not only for business reasons, but mental health reasons and a bunch of different things. And I understand a lot of you are worried about the players, and I'm sure parents are worried about the players, but I can almost assure you this. The players want to play. They feel like they're in a position health-wise where they can go play football and get it done. I don't want to speak for everyone. I know there's probably some players reluctant. And as I mentioned earlier, hopefully they'll have the opportunity to say, I'm not comfortable and I want to sit out. Well, let's put a bookmark right here and take a little pause on this edition of the Powercat Questions podcast as I just snuck in there. We will have another one, a second version of this same thing. We'll get it in a little different topics in that one, but we're going to do them back to back this week because your questions actually turned out to be really good. Good job, guys. That's nice. We'll be right back. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast, the first of two this week, and we will have an overtime also. We wanted to give you as much as possible. We had some great questions. You delivered the goods. We're going to deliver them right back to you. As we remind you that we're having a 50% off sale, please pass it on. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell, just go out in the yard and scream it. GoPowerCat.com is having a 50% off sale until 11 p.m. Thursday night. Just yell that repeatedly. Um, and if I can hear you from my house, I know you're my neighbor. And uh, when this is over, I'll hug you. That's a special offer just for me. But 50% off an annual sub. Take care of business. If you're a listener and you've always wanted to do it or thought about doing it, do it. We haven't stopped covering K-State sports. In fact, D. Scott Fritchman was figuring up the numbers. We've actually done more coverage in the last two months of, uh, excuse me, May and June of 2020 than we did in May of June in 2019, which would be like post-spring football. So we're grinding away. We're finding the content the best we can, and we're about to take recruiting to another level. And that's a little, little hidden gem right there, a little hint. Let's get on with your questions from All Bass Station. Gills, take it away. From Adam K sixty three, if K State ended up not having fans in the stands, would you like to have a cutout of your picture in one of the seats? Uh, I would like to have a cutout of a giant mule in Adam K sixty three's seat because he's a jackass. <laughs> um, no, Adam. Uh, no, I, I don't get that. I mean that that's just weird just weird and also i I think they're gonna do some fans i think if they feel like football players can get on the field with each other they're you know they can have some fans Uh, i think people in suites certainly assume the risk that the people in the suite with them are you know that are their bubble Uh, i think uh then they'll be able to scatter enough people through the stadium to have i've been saying it 40 percent capacity 40 percent. that's what i'm going with I think that'll be the number that they want to use. I right, we'll see. Um, but no, Adam, I would. I probably won't be in the press box, Adam. So why don't you sit in my seat, and that'll be like a cutout of me, except one that looks like a jackass. I want to clarify for everyone that Adam and I are friends. So, um, yeah, it uh, it's just weird. I think the only cutout at Royal Stadium should be Buck O'Neill. I should be the one guy that's cut out in his seat. I think, though, guys, we're going to see limited fans by the end of this baseball season, like a lottery fan thing. Cool. I don't, I don't see why they can't have some fans in the stadium. You got forty thousand seats. I mean, seriously, even if you close off the upper deck, you could socially distance a good couple thousand more than that. It's just strange to me they're playing zero fans, but maybe it also cuts down on all the costs of parking. You know, you wouldn't really be making any money off of them. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's better for them to have no fans, especially like with Rex Sudler mentioning on the broadcast the other night saying, I was trying to throw all the foul balls back. And they were like, somebody came up to me and told me to stop. They're like, you touch those balls. They don't want those balls. So it's just. That's good rule of thumb right like, there. I, I, really th- <laughs> I really think that that. MLB wants as controlled of an environment as possible. And I think that, you know, risking fan interaction or, you know, having fans there, I don't think it's going to make them any money. Yes. I would love to be able to go to a game, but I realize that 
for the good of the season, I think that they're going to want to keep fans out. But back to the original question, I enjoy the cardboard cutouts. I think that's funny. I love all the robots in Japan and Korea or wherever it is that they put out in the outfield. That was that was kind of funny seeing them all dance. But it, it like it, it's nice seeing things in the seats, I guess, instead of seeing empty seats. Things. Uh, it was nice seeing the Royal. There were some Royals players sitting in the Crown Club. Oh, I like that. Night. I actually like that. Like that's that. Like that. At least you know, put players or somebody back behind the the backdrop, so it looks like somebody is watching this game. But I, I did like that. No, I did. I thought that was nice. It was kind of funny to see players sitting back there, and I, and I looked over the Astros side was empty, and I feel like the Astros are like, well, can we do that too? You know, can we go sit up there? It's uh. <laughs> I don't know. I, Adam, uh, I will always have a cardboard cutout of you in my heart. Not actually you, a cutout. Another question from Adam K. 63. Is it weird to see Sean Snyder in USC apparel? So weird. Yeah. Um, it is very strange, but I, I couldn't watch that. I was trying to watch on my phone. I couldn't get enough high enough speed connection on my lousy internet. I don't know what it was. What was going on? Did you watch it at all, Zach? No, I was out doing the construction update. <laughs> I saw that in, in the Slack channel that he was doing it. I sent that to everybody, and then I was like, well, I got to get this thing in before sunset. I tried go- When I do these construction updates, I tried doing them like, during the day, but like not when they're doing construction, so I don't like get in their way or get yelled at or anything. Sometimes it doesn't lead to the greatest of pictures, but... I don't like the first time I went, it was just kind of weird being stared at with your camera. So I'm just like, yeah, I'd rather rather do this alone. But no, I, I did not have the chance, but I saw Riley did send a picture. Yeah. Or tweet a picture of him. And I'm just like, wow, it just, it, it does look kind of funny. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, I plan on going back and listening to this for clarification. We're doing this the next morning and I haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, and, uh, it was it's funny to see my buddy Ryan Abraham doing the interviewing of Sean Snyder. It was like two different parts of my life meeting because I had Ryan on Life of Fits earlier this year. Just kind of weird to see, but I'll have to go back and listen to it. And Ryan's a pro. Ryan's really, really good at his job. One more question from your favorite Fitz, Adam K63. <laughs> since Nebraska left the Big 12, would K-State have been the favorite to win every matchup since? Oh, wow. Been I don't pretty, know. Been pretty close. I mean, they've kind of churned through some bad seasons here. It had been – I think Nebraska's lost some games because they weren't in the Big 12. I think as much as Nebraska fans don't want to face it, they got calls. They did. They were Nebraska in this conference, and now they're in the Big 10 and they're Nebraska. You know, they're not – they're just – they're that new team. They lost a lot of their sway. I don't – it would have been competitive. It's kind of funny. This has not been a good move, I think, overall. And they can argue why, that it was a coaching, it was this and that, it was a bad hire. and da-da. But I think they're at a competitive disadvantage in the Big Ten that they wouldn't have seen in the Big 12. But live with your choices. I think in the last five years, certainly, K-State would have been favored. I See, when I – Fitz, you okay? I just had an alert on my computer, and I've got everything muted. I've got my Do Not Disturb on. It was very strange. <laughs> perplexed. No, I think I think in the last five years, K State probably would have been favored. 
Um, but if you go back to that 2010 game where K-State just absolutely got routed at home on a Thursday night with uh, Taylor Martinez, I think that 11-12, even though those were really good years for K-State, I don't know if K-State would have been the favorite. Um, I, I can't think of what their record, what Nebraska's record would have been those two years. But, I mean, that's still Bo Pelini time. That's still Bo Pelini eight and four times. So, I mean, it's, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Nebraska to to be favored and even win those games in that time frame. Yeah. So, so I think that saying every year is a stretch, but I think in recent memory, I think it's, it's probably pretty fair to, to say that it'd be close. Um, K state probably would have had the edge most of the time. Very good. New one right oh, here from good. liquid Sasquatch. So <laughs> welcome to the site. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your contributions. Will a second part of The Miracle in Manhattan, The Foundation, ever be released? There's so much more to the story. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. It was such a huge endeavor, and uh, I know it was a lot of work and didn't realize a whole lot of money out of it. So I, I don't expect that. Um, when I watch that, I'm like, man, I can't imagine the amount of work that went into this. But... Uh, Maybe, maybe, but it's going to be a while down the road. I Those type of things, Zach, you know this. Those type of things are, yeah. that's, I watched some of these documentaries about anything. And I'm like, that is a lot of commitment. I mean, to do, I don't know, one of those episodes of, I watched the Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Because I've watched the original one. This one was a little bit different. It was more crime. But it, uh. I'm thinking each episode of these got to be six figures to do, you know? I mean, this is a lot of money, a lot of travel, a lot of equipment, a lot of interviews back and forth and back and forth and research, research. It takes a lot out of you, even though this was more, he did a lot of the interviews at once. He uh, had access to K-State's files, archives, but still the amount of the load and cost it was such an admirable effort, and I wish he'd made tons of money off of it, but that's not how it works. Yeah, I would say at least from from Dan, I don't think that he's going to make any more unless you know he gets some sort of investor just saying, hey, you need to make this. Here's the money for it. Here you go. Have Which, fun. You know, that's not a bad an angel investor just to say, here, I want you to do this for the yeah. for the record so that we have it archived that this is what actually took place in Manhattan, Kansas. Um well, that's probably his one hope and maybe someone listening to this will say, "Okay, I'll I'll do that." And then or give an me ex- a project. Like, an executive producer that doesn't have a 10 season show on ABC anymore. Hmm, let me think who that could be. Uh, I don't I don't know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Sofia Vergara. I don't know. Um, <laughs> either that, or maybe someone taking his files and interviews and turning it into something new. If you know, if someone wants to expand it, just you know, I think that that's the only way you're going to see more is either somebody invests a whole bunch of money into him to to produce it and make it and finish up the series, or somebody else just takes the files and turns it into a new project. Yeah. To turn it into something else from Schulte M 43. If I got that correct, 
If you could Schultz add one sport, M. Schultz, Schultz, I think it's Schulte M. I'm gonna go with that. He Schultz he DM'd M. me. He <laughs> DM'd me once. I'm hey, sorry. hey, you okay. get it right. What if, okay. what if Gills is right? What if Schulte is wrong? <laughs> he said Schultz M because I I wanted to call him Schultem, but no, it's Schulte M. If you could add one sport for men's and one for women's athletics at K State, what would you choose? And then he says he would add wrestling for the men's and softball for the women's. Zach, what's your answer? I'm curious to hear your other answers. Um, adding one for men, I think, see, there's, there's a lot of ways to look at this. There's like from a financial aspect, if you want to look at it that way, I say men's tennis. Easy. You know, the Big 12 already, ha- more than half of the Big 12 schools have men's tennis. So that's an easy one to do. Um, you need six or seven people and that's it. And one coach, not hard, but wrestling would be really cool to see added at K state, just based on the region. Um, you know, you got Oklahoma state, Iowa, you know, everyone around each state has a big wrestling school and Kansas doesn't have a wrestling school. So I think K state getting into wrestling would be really cool. Um, for women, I kind of agree with the softball, but I don't know. I, I want to answer the next question that okay. he asks. Gills, do you have a thought on this? <laughs> I, for men's, not really. I think softball, certainly for the women's side. But, I mean, there's numerous you know different sports you could add for the men's side. Yeah, I, I mean, my heart says wrestling because people don't understand K-State actually had a wrestling program. And there are former wrestlers that probably belong in the Athletics Hall of Fame. And I, I hope that the committee digs into that because it was a good tradition. And Zach's exactly right. There are great wrestlers that come out of this state that end up going to Iowa, Oklahoma, whatever whatever state they have to to go wrestle. Yeah. Um, I think – but I, that wouldn't be my choice. I would add soccer. Um men's soccer to go with women's soccer it's companion sport you got the stadium you can really build the stadium up um yeah you know probably build a second locker room facility uh that's just what i would do um i would add soccer i think that's kind of the sport that's emerging the most in the midwest Uh, so that's what i would do yeah Honestly, in a perfect world, um, and this is nothing against college baseball. I love college baseball, and they just invested a lot of money into the stadium, so this isn't going to happen unless you put softball in that stadium, which would be odd. Um, it is, I would drop baseball because I think Kansas State is at such a competitive disadvantage in this weather belt, in this region, and um, I, I don't know if there's there's – things there that they'll ever fully overcome i just don't know if they'll ever really get that program consistently where where we'd like our programs and then i would add wrestling that's you know pretty much how i would do it i don't know where you would have wrestling compete at that point it probably have to be inside bramlage wouldn't it um but uh i think wrestling at kansas state could be a really big deal but that's also On something you have to culturally build up. People have to have an understanding of wrestling and really yeah. understand the nuances of it to become fans. 
on your point on men's soccer, if, if, if it was a big 12 sport, I would absolutely say, yes, that's the first one you add because you've got the facilities and everything. Like it wouldn't be that much more of an investment, kind of like what I had said with tennis, but the fact that what soccer is West Virginia is the only big 12 school that plays soccer and they play in conference USA. So it would take a conference wide initiative to get soccer. I would love to see that, but I didn't realize a, that there, from a realistic standpoint of all the sports, I, Texas, and Oklahoma offer men's soccer isn't one of them? Men's soccer is not a Big 12 sport. There's no Big 12 championship in men's soccer because one school plays it and they don't even play it in the conference. Hmm. Okay. So it would it would take a lot to get it started, I guess. Um, it, it would have to be a conference initiative to add that sport for, for K-State. But another one would be um, if you want to do like for like, swimming and diving. You know, I think KU has swimming and diving, but... Um, I think there's like three or four schools in the big 12 that has swimming and diving. So that's something you could add and maybe, you know, pluck off some championships every once in a while conference championships. Um, but the, the next question, if you want to read it gills, but that talks about, we'll get into cutting sports, I guess. Last question. Conversely, it's from Schulte M 43, by the way, conversely, if you had to subtract one for each, what would you pick? And he, he mentions he would cut women's rowing and men's cross country. And he says picking a men's sport to cut was harder than he thought it would be and nothing against either sport or athlete. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about cross country. Um, but it's really kind of a function of track. You know, they have to have distance runners for track. So they they allocate their resources a little bit differently. It's kind of strange. Uh, like I said, it'd probably be baseball. And I love baseball. you got to understand that. I just don't uh, see how Kansas State's going to be continually fighting that uphill battle. Hopefully, Pete Hughes gets a chance to get things going. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'd probably drop women's tennis. I'm the opposite of you, Zach. I know tennis doesn't take many scholarships, but almost none of those scholarships are being allocated to Kansans or U.S. citizens anymore because the sport is not what it used to be in the States. It's become a really expensive sport to recruit. Um, kind of a pot shot, too. You don't know what exactly you're getting. Even if you save money and don't go over, then you really don't quite understand the players you're getting. It's just the way it is. With with Schultem's teams that he'd cut, women's rowing and cross country, I mean, those those – those seem probably like the best ones to cut definitely rowing because it's just, it's not, there's no fan interest really. It's, it's literally a sport to, to be in compliance with title nine uh, just because you can give so many opportunities to athletes. I mean, there's dozens of rowers at K state and I don't think that very many of them, you know, stay for four years on the team. Even I think that there's a lot of turnover there, but I feel like K-State, I mean, K-State operates at 16 sports. That is the bare minimum. And I feel like K-State is completely optimized for expenses and they play the best sports that they can, uh, you know, trying to spend as little money as possible. Um, but for, for men's sport, there really is no good sport other than cross country just because you don't see it either. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter, but it's it's one of those functions where you can field it and it counts as one of your 16 sports and it doesn't really cost that much more money. 
I'm with you, Fitz, on the whole tennis thing. Um, I don't see much of a positive, you know, side to it as well. Um, and Zach, you talked about the facilities. Like, isn't it just a little stadium that's like blends in with the basketball courts at the rec complex? Yeah, I mean it's tennis courts. I mean they're nice tennis courts yeah, that they use. Special that it's not like, oh wow, we need to, you know, have more, um, more of this. So no, I'm not I w- trying to disrespect you, but you no, know. no. My argument, my argument is that you don't have to spend a lot of money on tennis. Like there's, you know, yeah, the facility. Sure. You don't have to spend a lot of money to make a really nice tennis court like they did at the rec. Uh, um, you know, I, yeah, you got to recruit internationally, but. I feel like I don't feel like the coach is, is traveling over to Europe to to pitch these girls. To, hey, come play tennis over at Kansas State. I feel like a lot of it's, you know, I mean, they might come into town. I mean, that, that might they might make a recruiting visit like that. But I feel like even then, I feel like you're kind of just, you know, taking a flyer, just being like, well, we'll see if this works and see if I like it. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like I to know. think of college sports as being a little bit more uh, offering opportunity to those around you. And I just think it's weird that you create a sport where you almost have to go overseas to get all your athletes. I just think it's odd. You know, it's almost at this point, why don't we add cricket? I mean, you know, I mean, we can't find <laughs> yeah. just have men's cricket and you have to go to Europe to get your players. At this point, I just think it's very strange. You do occasionally get an American player that's really good. You do fill out your roster probably with walk-ons, but I just think it's odd that almost all of your players are overseas now just to field a competitive team. Um, But you're right, Zach. That's why they have it. It's low cost, meets compliance of having enough women's sports, and it's not hard to balance the number of scholarships, excuse me, athletic opportunities for Title IX Mm -hmm. on the men's side. If there's one international that I would like to see, we need an Australian punter at K-State. A 30-year-old AFL <laughs> Aussie League punter to replace Nick Walsh and Devin Anktel. Plus, it'd just be cool to interview him. That's really about us it more than be. football. I'd yeah. just like to interview him. I'd like to have an extensive sit-down interview about Outback with him. How offended he is by Outback. Appropriation of a fine Australian culture with blooming onions. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Questions podcast. Another one's coming tomorrow or soon, like less than 24 hours. Like we did one half of this and realized this is really good and we still have another half. So why don't we make this a whole podcast and make a whole another podcast out of the other half? That's how it works. I just gave away some trade secrets here and how we're going about business. Remember that 50% off sale, spread the word, tell people, do it if you're not subscribing. We want you on board. It's time for us to get it going big time at GoPowerCat. We've been rolling along pretty good. Let's take it to the next level. We'll talk to you again tomorrow and then again with an overtime on Friday. It's like overload of PowerCat podcasts. You've been listening to the PowerCat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.
Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Bridge Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus.